I met the criteria to be selected, but I wasn't. Well, hello, boys and girls. <laughs> Welcome back to the Met the Criteria podcast with my boys, Theo. What are you saying? I'm good, Vinny. I'm glad to be back, mate. Been waiting, looking forward to this. Glad to be back. Some talking points for the week. And my other boy, Jazz. What are you saying, cuz? How's it going, mate? All good. Yeah, you? All good. All good. All good in the hood. You cannot complain, can you? No, just another week, another another life in the bubble, just relaxing, seeing how the NBA was. What do you guys think? Some great games. It's been good, hasn't it? The basketball is, is still enjoyable. Still can't enjoying complain, it. can't complain, can't complain. Where do you want to start? So I'm thinking the heat, baby. What are you thinking? What are you saying about the heat? Yeah, the Miami Heat, shout out to our guy, Dan. We were, were texting constantly throughout their game against the Bucks the other day and he could not believe how his heat were playing in the first half. I think at one point they were up 20 points in the first half. They made 13 of 24 threes, 73 points in the first half. They were dominating the books. The books had no answer for it. Um, and then second half, Budenholzer did a good job talking, going through some adjustments um, and the books ended up bringing it back. But I think one positive thing to hold on to for the Heat is they didn't have Goran Dragic and they didn't have some would argue their best player, Jimmy Butler. So you've got to think that in a clutch situation in the playoffs, having them two veteran guys is going to help them a lot more down the stretch uh, so that they can manage the game a bit better later on. And that is the first time the Bucks have beaten the Heat this season. They've uh, pulled the series back to 2-1 in favour of the Heat. It bodes well if, for a potential playoff matchup. I do. I'm sticking by my original statement. I do think the Heat are well equipped to deal with the Bucks at full strength. Obviously, we don't know how bad um, Jimmy Butler's injury is. I think it's. I think it's a foot injury, um, and Goran Dragic obviously was out as well. If those guys get back playing, if they can re- remain healthy, I still like the Heat to give the Bucks a good go in the playoffs. Yeah, I think overall, when I've been watching the Heat, like you said a couple of weeks ago, Theo, about the Heat. They're the contender, the people, they're there, the underdog. People are kind of like forgetting a little bit. And I'm one of those. I just feel like the Heat are showing what they're capable of. I think their perimeter shooting is absolutely brilliant. I think these boys can shoot, all of them. I think they're absolutely talented, all of them. And I think overall, I can see them getting to the finals now. Not finals, but not, okay, maybe that's a bold statement, bold, bold statement, but the conference finals. But for them to get to the conference finals, it looks like they'd have to knock out the Heat in the second, uh, the Bucks, sorry, in the second round, wouldn't they? Because at the moment, the Heat are the fourth seed. So. But I think they're capable of, I really, Ooh. really think they have, they've, they've beat them two times. Obviously, I think it was a moral win for the Bucks because overall, they're thinking to themselves, you know what, you think you can beat us? Well, you can't really because we've proven that we can. But mm. this is a weekend to Heat team. And I've just been like, I've just been like seeing again, especially against the Celtics. I was like really, really impressed by them. And I just thought to myself overall, the Heat could get to the conference finals here. I think they put, potentially could be the team that could leave the, comp, that, that could leave the East. I'm just saying, like, they're potentially really quite good out there. And I just, overall, I'm really, really impressed by the, you can't complain about how they're playing at the moment. Let's not forget as well that, um, the books were toppled by the less than mighty Brooklyn Nets. Quite, <laughs> just had to shoehorn that in there. The, the books aren't invincible. Um, the, the Heat have done it twice already this season and, and the, the Nets of all teams have done it in the bubble. 
there's cracks there. There's cracks. If if the heat is okay, if the heat can stay healthy, it'll be a really exciting matchup. And another person I've kind of just like kind of not forgot about, but just kind of not really noticed as much as well. But he's been really impressing me. Is Tyler Hero? If I'm pronouncing, is it Hero or Hero? I'm not sure. But he's a very very talented. Can be your hero, baby. <laughs> but he's been really really good. He's like he's taken that kind of responsibility to kind of not lead, but to kind of show that I can, be, I, can, I can be a leader in this team and I can actually support the team and actually succeed. And it's his rookie year. So I'm actually quite impressed by the guy. And I think he's overall really, really talented as well. Yeah, I agree with you. Tyler Hero and Duncan Robinson in the first half, it, it felt like they, they could not miss a three-pointer. Literally every single time, just straight away, firing away, off screens, just netting it. Um, I think just one other observation I have on the Heat, I don't know if you've seen this, they've got to be all, all NBA like scruffy team you've got like kelly olinick has got a proper scraggly rough bit solomon hill like they've just got some guys that just look oh man they need to work on their flipping grooming man <laughs> no nah, but i think overall the heat do they just they are definitely a contender they are 100 percent a contender like i'm always one of those when i look at them and i still feel like there's something missing but they're proving me wrong because these boys are winning games and they're like, they're, they can shoot, their perimeter shooting, honestly, is really, really good. I've mentioned it before, but I just have to say it again. They are really good. And I think people like their Kendrick Nunns, their Duncan Robinsons, their uh, Heroes, their Bams, like these boys are young and they're hungry. And I think they are potential to get to the conference finals. So, but even potentially the finals overall, but we'll see. Not forgetting as well, they did a really good job against Boston a couple of couple of nights ago as well. Um, they, they beat them quite handily, I think. They looked comfortable throughout the game. So it bodes well for wherever they end up. I think they, in the first round, I'd be confident in the Heat. In the second round, if they do, if they do get the books, what a series it'll be. Um, but I, I, I honestly feel like they'd be well-equipped to, to handle any anyone who, that they'd match up in in the first round, especially now that... Um, the Sixers have lost Ben Simmons, but obviously we'll touch a little bit more on that later. But again, the Heat are well equipped. I think I'm, I think they're looking good. Dan, you might have made a good shout going back in these Heat boys, mate. South Beach bringing the Heat. That's it. Uh, just a final comment as well. The Bucks went on a 20, 20 to 0 run to finish the game. Now you've got to think that if Jimmy Butler's in um, in the closing lineup for the Miami Heat, he's not letting that run get above 0 maybe. So. He, it's it look it's looking good for the Heat. Certainly a good promising first half, and we'll see how that develops. Uh, just going to another team that's hot. Talk to me about the Phoenix Suns, Vinny. I told you about Devin Booker. <laughs> what did you. I say? He told I told you. you about Devin Booker. That kid is a baller, and I, I'm really really impressed by them. I, I don't think they're going to get to the the playoffs. I just I don't see it, but I know it's a bold prediction. I don't see it getting. I think I think the Trailblazers are doing really really well. I think they could potentially get that eighth seed, but at the moment I just think I'm really impressed by the Suns. I just wish they could have been playing like this more, and, and maybe the bubble life is helping them. But Devin Booker, DeAndre Ayton, I think they're just absolutely brilliant. Both of them, they're leading that team very very well, and I think they're averaging over 20 points each game. And I think they're both just leading that as an example, saying you know what. Don't write us off fully yet, but I don't see them getting to the to the playoffs. But they are really, really good at the moment. Yeah, whatever the case, however their 
the next couple of games turn out for the Suns, they've made us all look silly on this podcast because we were saying, what on earth are they even doing in Orlando? There's no point in them being there. First of all, that was you, Jazz. That was no, <laughs> I didn't say this. That was Whoa. your own words, not me. <laughs> okay, so throw me under the bus. Leave me out on my own. That's absolutely fine. No, but they started off. I don't think any of us expected them to go 4-0. Uh, the game against the Pacers, Booker got into foul trouble in the third quarter. He was onto his fifth foul in the third quarter. And the bench went on a 21-0 to scoring run. So they retook the lead from the Pacers and obviously extended it into a point where the Pacers had no chance of coming back. So I was really impressed with that. I mean, Cameron Payne used to play for my Chicago Bulls and I've never seen him do anything on a basketball court. Then suddenly he was the guy with the hot hand and was I think he went six for nine or something like that in the third quarter. So it's, it's good news for the Suns if they can keep surprising teams like this. Like you say, who knows what could happen. Probably worth pointing out that they are only, I think, a game and a half back from Portland. So it's not insurmountable. Um, I mean, Portland have got to overcome the mighty Nets as well in their final game, <laughs> a couple of games' time. So if they drop that one, it could be key uh, to, to help Phoenix get back in there. It's a, it is a big ask. It is a big ask. But I think every team above them, um, sort of through nine through 11, the Pelicans aren't playing great. Spurs, a bit wishy-washy. Um the Trailblazers are the, probably the main concern. If they can, if they can make up the ground on the Trailblazers, they could they could find themselves in that play-in spot. Um, and obviously, the Grizzlies aren't doing well themselves, so it's definitely still all to play for. And what? Who thought it'd be this exciting? Oh yeah, hundred percent. I think we all kind of predicted something else, but I think it's potentially showing it could be massive amounts of change right now. Um, I was just thinking as well. You mentioned about DeAndre Ayton, Vinny. What what would have what could have been for the Phoenix Suns this season if he'd not missed? What was it, 20, 25 games that he got suspended for at the start of the season? You think about those twenty five games. If Aiton was there, you've got to think he's turning some of them and maybe they're getting four or five more wins. Maybe they come into the bubble as the eighth seed, you know. It's a real killer for the Suns because this could have been the season, you know, Buck has been talking, he's sick of not making the playoffs and he wants to make it now. This could have been the year if it weren't for that suspension. So a real shame for them, but who knows? Uh, hopefully, it'll be something more promising for the future. So, yeah, we'll see what happens with the Phoenix Suns in the next four games for them. A couple of players who've uh, been hot the last couple of days, group these together, really. TJ Warren, um, Michael Porter Jr. and Joel Embiid. What have you seen from any of them guys, Theo? Well, I, straight out of the gate, was an Embiid hater. And I was really doing the guy a disservice because he's proven me wrong. I said, could he... Was he going to be up to the job? Was he going to be fit enough? Was his conditioning going to be there? Made me look all right more, hasn't he? Because he's he's been putting up ridiculous numbers as he he's he always been capable of, but he's doing it with consistency in the bubble. Um, there's a huge huge gap there now that Simmons has gone, and there's questions marks over whether or not the 76ers will be able to do it in the playoffs without Simmons. But in the game where Simmons went off injured, um, I think. Joe Embiid, I think, put up 19 of his 30 points after Simmons had gone off. Obviously, we know Simmons, uh, we know Embiid wants to be the main man uh, in Philadelphia. This could be his, his prime audition to show that he can do it without Simmons. So it, it could only get better, really. But he has been um, putting up some monstrous numbers, and he's been making me look silly. So I've got to I've got to put some respect on his name after doing the guy a disservice. I want to just right my wrongs. He's he's getting it done. 
Yeah, just to roll you back what you were saying then, Theo, about oh, Joel Embiid. We both, I think I said it as well. But the thing is, we both never said he's not a good player. We both said he's a very, very talented player. What we're saying is, can he do it in the playoffs? That's the most important part. And I still personally think he could potentially flop because the playoffs are the most important part. You can be playing great in your regular season, even these seeding games. You can be playing really great. But it's about kind of saying, can you do it in the playoffs? And so far, he's showing great numbers, but it's about showing, can you do it when it's more, most important? So with Joel B, now he's got a massive responsibility to prove that if he is thinking that he is the number one guy, I still think he needs Ben Simmons. It's just me. I personally think he, the, the offence should be played through him, but he still needs Ben Simmons. And I think personally, he needs to show it and let's just pr- prove us wrong. And I, I'm not, I'm not going to say I'm not rooting for the guy, obviously. I'm not going to not want anyone to succeed. But... Let's just see if he can do it in the important stages. So, good on him. <laughs> yeah, I like it. Another big guy who's been playing well, Michael Porter Jr. for the Denver Nuggets. MPG. Uh, M- M- MPG? MPJ? MPG, Miles for the guy. MPJ, what am I about MPJ? We'll cut that, Vinny. We'll cut that, don't worry. No, we won't cut that. We'll keep it. We're not going to cut it. You know what? You always make me seem like I'm the bad one in this green thing. I'm the joke in this one, aren't I? Yeah, in the Nuggets... I'm pretty sure I'm right in saying are they two and two at the moment? Um, I think in the two wins that they've had so far, uh, Michael Potter Jr. got a 30-point double-double in both of those games. So he's not just scoring, he's grabbing some rebounds for for his ball club. And I think he's he's earlier in the season, Michael Malone, the Nuggets coach, just didn't seem to be willing to sort of give him give him a bit of free reign. Now the front office kind of took it out of Michael Malone's hand. They traded away some of the the Nuggets' depth so that Malone's kind of been forced to play him, and that's proven to be a good decision at the moment. And obviously, he had to he's had a troubled sort of start to his career with his injuries and stuff, but he's 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 fit at the moment and he's playing really really well. And the Nuggets don't seem to have haven't seemed to have had a second star to pair with Jokic, but Potter Junior could fill that role. Yeah, absolutely. I think just looking at some of his statistics before the season was suspended from the start of March I don't think the guy cracked 10 points once um, he's done 11 points 3 points 7 points in the lead up to the suspension since the bubble's been on in his first game 11 points 1 rebound you thought probably same old Michael Potter Jr but since then he's exploded you said it yourself he's had um, 2 through 30 point um 10-plus rebound, double-doubles. In the last game against Portland, he got 27 points and, and 12 rebounds. So he's almost had three 30-point, huge double-doubles. He's certainly turned it around. And as you, as you said, he's, the Nuggets, having had their hand forced in a large respect, could have been the best thing for this guy. The bubble that he's having is certainly increasing his stock. He's proving that he can do it. He can do it in a, an intense situation because this isn't just any regular season basketball, is it? We can all appreciate that. Um, it's, it's only going to curry favour for him. So let's see if he can continue to build on it and continue to um, to grow and develop and really uh, impress in the way he has because as he, he smashed it, to be fair. Yeah, and I liked him as well against the game against OKC. I just thought he led again. I think I'm always touching you know, constantly about leading a team and I think... Obviously, we look at Jokic when we see that team. We think of him as the leader of that team. But you could say he's he's taking on that mantle, taking on that responsibility. And he led them well, 37 points, 12 rebounds. He's averaging a double-double constantly. So it just shows you that kid is good. The guy is a good player. Yeah, it's good. And TJ Warren, obviously, we 
featured about his uh, career night, 53-point night in his first game on our last uh, episode. Since then, he's cooled off a little bit, but still hitting, you know, 34 points, then 32, 16 against the mighty Phoenix Suns. But he's still he's still playing pretty well, taking on the scoring load for Indiana. Uh, Oladipo doesn't quite seem to have it at the moment. So, again, good 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 to see him uh, continuing his, his, his recent scoring scoring spell. It's always good to uh, to give props where it's due, um, and I think nobody had this sort of expectation of him coming into coming into Orlando. Uh, obviously, he exploded, didn't he, uh, in the game against Philadelphia? So it was unsustainable. It was an absolute career night, and he'll probably one that he'll never. Well, I'd never say never, but I, you can't see him topping those sort of numbers anytime soon. Um, but as you say, he's showing a degree of consistency there. It's going on to score 34, 32. Um, obviously, it tailed off a little bit against Phoenix, but. It's, it bodes well for him again. Uh, he's putting himself in a, a position where he can grow and build on that. And if they can do it over the final, final four games, who knows where he could find himself next season. And still, it's looking good for Miami against Indiana, Butler versus Warren in the playoffs. I'm so hoping that that, that stays as it is. That is going to be a great, great matchup. So there we have it. There's some teams and some players that are hot at the moment down in Orlando. Let's talk about who's not. Theo, you got a name of a team or a player? Obviously, we mentioned uh, Ben Simmons previously, having uh, injured himself, done himself a mischief. Um, there's no no timeline on him at the moment. I think Brett Brown turned around and said, we're expecting him to play tomorrow. That's, that's the attitude that they've got. They're not writing him off for the season. Uh, it's hard to see him coming back from something like that. So you, you kind of think they'd have to be planning for the worst. He'd been moved to the four. Um, obviously, a position that we'd a lot of people would think, Vinny included, he'd probably be better suited <laughs> to. Um, obviously, we know he can he can distribute the ball. He's got great vision, but obviously, having that sort of size could be a real benefit, especially with his um, his blossoming three point shooting as well. With that coming along, it's, it would really make a, an adequate um, power forward. It started out well um, in the first game against Indiana. Um, scored 19 points but sort of since then he has tailed off a little bit he's not been putting up the kind of numbers that we'd probably expect from him but that's obviously going to come Philadelphia themselves have been doing reasonably well um not been setting the world alight in the bubble but they've been doing okay with him there it is a shame for him because obviously he is a great player uh, it's certainly capable and he would have been a, could well have been a difference maker for them in the playoffs so it's a shame for the lad but as as you say we, we don't know he could he could be back remains to be seen no, I just think as well with you, you just touched on it then, uh, Theo, about people just not playing maybe at their best. I think a lot of players I'm watching sometimes, they kind of just getting themselves to that playoff mode. They're kind of like stepping back a little bit. I don't know. I'm just watching a few players. They're not doing all that. So we, you just mentioned about Victor Oladipo. He's gone a bit quiet. It doesn't mean he's playing bad or he's not. He, I think he's just saying, you know what. I'm at playoff mode now because they, it's not saying he's shut down or not focused, but he's just basically saying he's getting prepped for the playoffs. And I think maybe Simmons was one of those where they're just thinking to themselves, you know what, these seeding games, yes, they are important if you want to uh, get up in the rank, but now it's just about playoffs. We're so close. What is it, two weeks away now? Or a week away? I'm not sure, but literally it's so close. So they're just literally at that zone right now where they're going, you know what, it's playoff mode now. Let's just let's just ease back a little bit and just then fall throttle when you get to the playoffs. So I just think maybe that he's one of those who's kind of done that. Yeah, and they have had a long layoff as well, haven't they? Um, obviously, four months without any competitive basketball uh, makes a lot of sense, but especially Oladipo, who's um, come off a, re- a bad injury not that long ago, um, worth easing themselves back in slowly. 
Yeah, you're right, Vinny. Uh, we're just we're we're about halfway through the bubble. Uh, I think it's I think it's the seventeenth. The playoffs start, so guys are just ramping up towards that, aren't they? Uh, these games are quite a lot of the players and teams are just treating it as a, as almost a warm up exactly. to get into the playoffs. So uh, it'll be exciting to see uh, how how they step it up when the playoffs do start. Um, one team that needs to step it up on the defensive end is the New Orleans Pelicans. They are they are they are a team that is not hot at the moment. Derek Favors, I I had it in my head that he was a decent you know defender, but he's he's offering nothing defensively. Zion, for all the hype about him, it's such a big guy. Yeah, he's got these highlights from college and a couple in the league of his big blocks where he swaps it to you know the top of the stands, but he he can't guard anyone at the moment. He really needs to work on that end. And I think the problem for the Pelicans defense is that their best defenders are guards Lonzo Ball is a pretty decent defender Josh Hart's a good defender Drew Holiday obviously potentially all defense all NBA kind of guy so they're big they defended the paint they've got nothing so I think they gave up 140 points to the Sacramento Kings and that's spelling problems for them I don't think the Pelicans are, are, have got much chance of making the playoffs if they're, if they're playing that bad defensively no, they have been kind of disappointing watching the Pelicans at the moment they, because when you look at the Pelicans they've got all the recipe to be a good team you look at them they've got everything they need to be a good team they've got Zion they've got players like Drew Holiday which I think is probably one of the most underrated NBA players in the league he's just incredibly defensively Rich. talented and also offensively and I think he's very very good overall but the overall team you think of them you think yes their standard are to be a good team but they've some reason they're just not gelling as best as they should be but I was looking at statistics before as well this potentially could be well it will be from the look of it the first time JJ Redick has not been in the playoffs and I was watching a little podcast before with JJ Redick and Zion basically the first question first thing that Zion first thing that JJ said to Zion was like don't mess this up for me okay yeah I saw like, don't 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 <laughs> well, in his words was don't f this up for me but don't mess this up for me really like do not mess this up for me I am always in the playoffs so this could potentially be his first ever season not being in the playoffs so it's just that it's kind of like sad to see that but it's just like the Pelicans you think to themselves that the whole team you, you look at their players and you think you guys should be doing better than you should be you're, you're really talented players all of you I wouldn't say like there's a bad player on that team so it's just one of those where it's a shame to see how they are but yeah they're just not good right now they just need to wrap up this season so far that's this whole situation with Zion at the moment they're like you know what you're well injury prone, you're too injury prone. Well, let's just rest you because another thing as well about Zion, I didn't know, he's always been massively injured. High school, he got injured. College, he got injured. First season in the, in the league, he's going to be injured. And these are long injuries as well. So I think he's one of those who's very injury prone and I just think he's a soft. Yeah, just save us for next season. I think with Zion, he is a, he's a phenomenal athlete. What uh, He's a bit of a freak of nature, isn't he? But I think to look at him and look at what he does... Is a is a, an accident waiting to happen. I can't see him having a lengthy NBA career playing the way that he does with his body type and that weight, the way he can fling himself into the rafters, coming down on his knees like that. Unless he starts playing a little bit more conservatively, I don't see how he can stay stay healthy with with the body type he is and the way that he plays. I just can't see it happening. I personally think he needs to work on his jump shot. I think he just needs to start doing that more often. Obviously, he's an, he's an animal in the paint, but I've, I don't think. I... You mean the guy that went four for four from three on his NBA debut? He needs to work on his jump shot. 
Listen, I'm just saying he doesn't do it enough, okay? He doesn't do it enough. All he does is just dunk. Okay, no, that's, that's a bad thing to say about Zion, sorry. He doesn't just dunk because... That has to sound like James Harden now. All he no, does okay, is run no, and dunk. No, 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 no. <laughs> okay, that's harsh with Zion. I'm not going to say he just dunks, but he just needs to work on it more. He doesn't do it enough, and I just personally think he needs to work on that. And Theo, you are right. I've never thought about that in, in terms of you can't do that for the rest of your career. You can't. You will eventually injure yourself. Not with his, not with his size. No exactly. Chance. The guy's a big lad and you, you can't expect just to be doing that constantly. You are going to injure yourself and that's why he's always injury prone because of that. Yeah, I'm just messing with you, Vinny. You're absolutely right. If he, work, if he works on his jump shot and it doesn't have to be a three-pointer, just exactly. any, any kind of deep two, then he's got the defence knows that they have to try and cover him. He's not just going to drive to the rim and then that maybe gives him a bit more open space so that there's less likelihood of, you know, potentially landing awkwardly because he's being crowded by guys. So something for him to work on. But like I say, I think his biggest thing he needs to work on is his defending because it's abysmal at the moment. Any team that can give up 140 points to the Sacramento Kings who haven't won a game otherwise in the bubble, I think I've got some serious questions to ask themselves, (laughs) I think. Yeah. Speaking of uh, injuries, what about Jamal Crawford, Theo? Are you you heartbroken to see your guys played, what, six minutes so far in the first four or five games? I I really, really am because those those five minutes that he played, 5.6 points, three assists, oh, he was looking good. He was looking good. Um, You could almost say he was going to blow up. Some some informed people could say. Uh, You never know. Uh, I think his veteran presence has been felt on the next team and I know um, he's had a, a grown a relationship with Karis LeVert and he's found that uh, beneficial obviously Karis LeVert has played really well um, in the bubble so far he's certainly done his um, trade stock some good if he is indeed on the on the trading block remains to be seen I think it is a shame for Jamal he's not I mean he's not necessarily out but Brooklyn have secured the playoffs now so we could have another I nearly said seven games, but it's not going to be seven games. They've got another four games to, to get some to get some value out of him. Has he done enough behind the scenes to secure himself his contract next year? I think he probably has. Um, but we'll we'll see if he can if he can get back on the court. It'd be great to see uh, just for for the spectacle of it because those five minutes it was a joy to have him back on the on the court. I hate to say it again, Phil, but I kind of told you so. <laughs> he hasn't got the legs in him anymore. I just, with Jamal Crawford, yes, I, I, we, we all want the best for that kind of guy. He's, he's one of those, he's been in the NBA for such a long time and you just kind of root for him. A part of you just wants to root for him a little bit. But it's just that I wouldn't give him a contract. I wouldn't because I just feel like he, he, he's too, that shows you he's injury problem. That shows you he's not got the legs anymore. That shows you he's not going to be able to do it for 20 games even potentially you can't do that if you're going to say I'll give him a contract for next year you can't even do that for even 10 games I don't even think so I just feel personally I'm not hating on Jamal Crawford but I just feel like nah you're, you need to call it a day what is he 41 come on you gotta call it a day now no offense to anyone's old though please <laughs> I do understand what you're saying but I think the situation in Brooklyn is probably ideal for him to get a contract. Uh, I think we've got a lot of big contracts um, at, the, at the front end of the roster. They've not really got a lot of manoeuvrability at the back end. They're aiming to make a, um, a finals run next season. They, they want to be winning the, the, the championship next season. They've got big star players. They've got a couple of young guys uh, in at the fringes. Not many. They're going to need to fill the back end of that roster with 
with veterans. Um, I think Jamal, and Jamal Crawford is the, the perfect kind of guy. He could almost feel like a, a Jared Dudley kind of role. He's not; as, <laughs> he'll never be as good as Jared Dudley, of course. <laughs> but he can come off the come off the bench, maybe give you five, six, seven minutes um, a game, steady the flow for that third unit, uh, especially if, if they're relying on maybe less experienced younger players in that third string team. Um, that's that's where he'll get the real value for me. He's not. You're right. He probably can't come on and play 20, 20 minutes, twenty five minutes, and drop thirty points anymore. He's probably not got that in him. But can he do it for five, six, seven minutes and show real veteran leadership on a in a group where they're going to have to rely much more on that sort of um, that kind of veteran, that minimum contract where they're not going to be able to get any particularly big free agent names in. I think that's where it's an ideal situation for him. I said it, uh, I said it from the from the get go. It's, it's an ideal situation for him in Brooklyn, and I probably stand by that for next year as well. Sorry, just to go back to what you said. Did you say you think uh, the Nets are going to be challenging for the the, the, the chip? One hundred percent. Oh, easy, okay. Easy. Wow. Okay. Wow. I'm actually shocked by that a little bit. You're, so you're you're telling me Kevin Durant, Kyrie Irving, one of one of Spencer Dinwiddie. And Karis Levert, two almost star all star players, along with a host of DeAndre Jordan, Jarrett Allen, if he's still there, young up and coming rim protector. Not telling me who's who's stopping Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Uh, I'll, t- uh, I'll tell you who's stopping Kevin Durant and Kyrie Irving. Uh, Kyrie Irving when he annoys every single other teammate other than Kevin Durant and DeAndre Jordan. Every other teammate other than Kevin Durant and DeAndre Jordan are going to have to pack the bags and get out of Brooklyn because that's KD's team. I think, yeah, just going back to Jamal Crawford, I, I said on the previous podcast that I couldn't believe that no one had signed him this whole season after his last game he scored 51 points. He's now proved why no one signed him because, as Vinny says, he's not got the legs, he's not got the health. I appreciate what you're saying, but Theo, veteran leadership off the bench, very helpful, but give the guy a coaching role. If he's only going to play six minutes in eight games, is he worth a contract next season? Surely there's another vet somewhere else in the league who could actually also contribute and stay reasonably healthy. But remains to be seen. We'll see what happens with Jamal Croft. So there you have it, everyone. There's some guys and some teams who are hot and some teams who are not at the moment. So we're going to finish off this podcast. We're just over halfway through the seeding games now. Uh, So we're just going to finish off with some bold predictions for what we see for the rest of the schedule of seeding games. Uh, And Vinny, can you kick us off, please? Uh, My bold prediction, obviously... Okay, I think people, obviously you guys are going to sound being biased or Vinny is just a typical biased person, but... I just think personally that what the Rockets are doing right now, I'm really, really impressed by them. Uh, of course, we had a bit of a stumble against um, the Trailblazers, but I think they're fighting for their lives, really. They need to make sure they get to that spot. But I can see, potentially, I can see the Rockets getting to the conference finals. I really, really can see that. I'm really, really impressed. And I think maybe they have potential to take You've turned it around for me a little bit, but I genuinely feel like they could get to the conference finals. I personally think overall they're playing really, really good. I think their their shooting is just brilliant at the moment. I think overall their perimeter shooting is just absolutely... Talk to me about Russell Westbrook. Okay, Russell Westbrook. Here we go with Russell Westbrook. I, I don't know even know where to start with the guy. The Russell Westbrook, he didn't play, he didn't get, he'd play against the Lakers game, but... 
what he's doing for us at the moment is perfect. I think what he's doing as overall, he is letting James Harden is they're taking that responsibility because there was a game where James Harden had to come off the second half. I think he he got third, he got four fouls and I think he had to come off. And then Russell Westbrook led that team. He led the shows he can actually lead a team, and he was given that responsibility, saying, "You are the facilitator now for ourselves." And he can be that. And the problem with the Rockets for a long time has, it's always just been Harden to hold that on himself, that burden. I've touched on it so many times where it's always been Harden who's had that responsibility. And maybe that's why his downfall has always been. And we've always had to come up against the Warriors. Another thing we've always struggled. But this time, potentially, they are both saying, you do you and I do me. We, you be that person at the moment. You be that PG and I be that shooting guard. And you do that. I think overall, I can see them getting to the conference finals. I really can. I just think overall they're doing really, really well. Their shooting is just brilliant. When I watch them, it's like PJ Tucker, he's turning it up a little bit now. Covington, he's turning it up. Ben Michael, they've got players that can come off the bench that can shoot brilliant threes, green. Everyone in that team, you've got to be able to shoot a three in that team. And they are really, really good offensively. Defensively, that's our only downfall. But people keep criticising us on this small ball. Small ball could be a problem, could be a problem. But so far, we're handling it, we're dealing with it. We're showing that we're capable of. The only problem was, obviously, when we're playing against the Trailblazers, the big men, we struggled against them a little bit. I'm not going to deny that. But I think we can work on that. And I think maybe our shooting wasn't the best that night. But potentially, we could improve on that. And I, I feel like, why not? Why can't we get to the conference finals? They're really, really good, and I'm, pre- I'm impressed by them at the moment. So let me get this right, Vinny. Your prediction is the Rockets to make the conference finals. So which of the Los Angeles teams do you see the Rockets upsetting in the second round? The Lakers. You see them upsetting the Lakers? Look, my heart... My heart is confusing. It's, it's like... I, I know that the Lakers, I know LeBron, playoff LeBron is different. I'm not lying that. Playoff LeBron is a different kind of game. But I just feel like what the Rockets are doing, they potentially could have an upset. We could have an upset on us because I'm really impressed by the Rockets, especially James Harden. James Harden is just proving that he can play the game. He's proving why he's one of the greatest scorers that's ever been in this game. He's proving people, like he's getting criticism constantly. James Harden always gets criticism constantly that he can't defend. The guy was had great steals throughout the game. Overall play was brilliant. And I just feel like he can say, you know what, it's about time that we can... Because some of the greatest players sometimes have never won chips, but he could be that this year. I think he was comparing himself to AI and he got a lot of criticism a couple of weeks ago for saying, comparing himself to AI about the constant criticism that can he do it? Can he do it in the most important stages? But now he's got Westbrook with him. And obviously I know Theo, you may not agree with it, but Westbrook is one of the best at what he does. He's, you've touched on it just then about his athleticism. He's absolutely brilliant at that. He's, he's, he can, his overall play is absolutely brilliant. He rebounding. You say he, he was given the rebounds constantly by Adams. Well, they're giving him a game. Like, this small ball is designed for, J- oh, for Russell Westbrook. It's benefiting him the most. And that's why I think potentially we could have an upset for us here. Wow. We wanted bold predictions and that's kicked us off nice. So that is very bold. But please, but please, I'm not saying like this is 100%, but I'm just saying I'm liking what I'm seeing from the Rockets. I'm liking a lot what I'm seeing from them. Theo. Follow that one. What's your bold prediction for the rest of the seeding games or the playoffs? 
So I had, as a player to watch, I had uh, Shea Gilgis-Alexander because I liked what I saw. Now, I think he's played well in the bubble so far. He's not maybe torn up the trees that I'd maybe tipped him to, but he has played well, um, as have OKC as a whole, I think. Now, I fancy OKC to make the conference finals. Now, let me talk to you about that. Let me talk to you about that. At the moment, Oklahoma, they're sitting pretty. Um, sitting pretty in the in the sixth seed, are they the sixth seed, aren't they? Um, so they'd have a t- tough matchup against Denver in the first round, but Denver haven't blown me away. And and I, I fancy SGA, Chris Paul, Schroeder. I think they can do it. I think them boys can can overcome the Nuggets. Now it's when it's the second round where things obviously get a little bit dicier. Um, the Clippers will be a tough matchup for him. Um, so we'll have to see maybe. I mean, they, they beat the Lakers quite comfortably the other night. So they, they've proven that they can go toe to toe with the best. I think the two, two and two in the bubble so far. So they're not exactly um, blowing blowing teams out of the water. Um, I think they've, they've shown us enough that they can get it done against the big teams and not just scrape a win. They dealt with the Lakers comfortably, quite handily, and it's not like they were short man. They, they had LeBron, they had AD, but they just they, they kept them kept them locked up. Can they do that against the Clippers over a seven game series? Maybe, maybe not. But if there's anybody I think who may have the experience to do it, it's uh, it's Chris Paul, um, and I think his team of his team of players, as we mentioned, SGA, we mentioned Schroeder. We know they're a good team. They know they can close games really well. Um, I like them to beat Denver. I think they're going to nick it in seven against the Clippers. And then maybe, maybe, what am I saying? What am I saying? I'm saying, saying Lakers in five in the finals against OKC. That's my bold prediction. You heard it here first. I may now have the reigning hot take on the series, but let's, uh, let's see. Let's see. Well, I think I think yeah, that's more. That's even bolder than than Vinny. I think OKC making the conference finals. Do you not think that the size of Denver causes a problem in terms of the three guard lineup that OKC closed games with? Is the size of Denver not going to cause any problem there? I know you don't appreciate small ball, so surely OKC's small lineup isn't going to help. Yeah, it could be a factor. Um, I think Denver. Uh... Denver are a good side. Denver are a great side, um, and and anchored by Jokic, could the, the, the size of him could could be a problem. It remains to be seen, though. And as I say, I've got faith in SGA. I've got faith in Chris Paul. Obviously, the 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 make or break in the playoff, I feel that, that totally comes into its own in the playoff. More so in a, in a in a series of games more so than in regular season is the mid-range jump shot and I think Chris Paul is probably one of the best in the league in the mid-range so for me that obviously negates some of the impact of the size it's not all going to be drives to the basket it's not all going to be um fighting over screens and and high pressure so on the three I think that mid-range will probably be the difference maker and I think that's probably where um OKC will be able to claw back that little bit of advantage against Denver. Okay. Mid-range is important. Best mid-range player in the league. 
Kawhi Leonard, so you're not going to cause a problem against the Thunder? Listen, this is my bold prediction. This is my bold prediction, and I've not maybe thought about, thought it all the way through, but I, this, <laughs> is the, this is a gut feeling, this is. Denver, I feel they'll deal with handily. The Clippers, this is where my head starts fighting the back a little bit, but my heart is telling me, my heart's telling me Chris Paul, Shea, a little bit, even Schroeder, yes. I've got him. He's my sixth man of the year. I'm feeling it. I'm feeling feeling good for those boys. Don't talk to me about rhyme or reason and Kawhi Leonard and, and what they'll <laughs> actually have to overcome. Bear in mind, Paul George probably better in the mid range than, than Chris Paul. But anyway, did you did you all see that side note? What, what Jimmy Butler said about Stephen Adams? <laughs> no, oh, it was hilarious. But you watch that. But you, what you're saying, like, it is a bold prediction. It's one of those. What the OKC are doing right now, they're really, really good. Obviously, last night wasn't their best performance. Did they lose last night, I'm thinking? Yeah, they did. They lost quite, last night. Quite badly, I think, as well. Yeah, um, I just... But overall, yeah, it's one of those... They've got they've got all the... What you're saying, there, they've got all the people there and they could be one of those you could go, you know what, they could might sneak it. They potentially can, but... I, I, think, I think I'm relying on the fact that we are in a bubble. This is like unprecedented situation. There's no home court advantage. There's none of that factored yeah. into it. And there's a much more of a anything could happen ability to it. And Shaq, he pipped the Nets to have a first round upset because of the, um, the, the bubble scenario. I can't see that happening myself because the Nets, they're not good. They're really not good. I mean, they're doing well. And I think they've, they've probably better than I expected them to given the lineup that they've got but they're not I don't think they're going to cause an upset I think OKC on the other hand are well equipped enough to make the most of that um, unpredictability of it and that's where I see that uh, really coming into effect is that OKC Clippers second round matchup watch this space there we go very good. So we've got <laughs> OKC and the Rockets in the conference finals, apparently, if you, if you listen to our uh, two, two guys here. Um, my bold prediction, we've all gone Western Conference, which I think probably indicates how exciting the West is compared to the East. But there we uh, go. I just, just to say, I wouldn't say that, though. The Eastern Conference at the moment is really exciting because it's always chopping and changing don't even know what's going to happen with that one because so may, yeah maybe we're like, not confident enough to make a prediction in the that's, maybe that's with, the problem yeah because with the Eastern Conference at, at the moment how people are playing I can't even call who's going to be in that finals and that's even with the box how they are I can't say that they I know we've been saying for weeks now that they will get to the conference finals but you've got teams like the Raptors you've got teams like the Celtics you've got teams like the um, Heat and now the box them four teams you can't you can't decide on who's going to be in that finals. It's like they'll the box are the favourites to get to that finals. Box are favourites to even potentially win the whole thing. But that conference itself is a very exciting. When I look at it, it's like they're chopping and changing. You just don't even know who's going to be in that finals at the moment. Yeah, I definitely agree with you. Speaking of excitement, the race for the eight seed it's already settled in the East. It's already done. In the West, my bold prediction is that the Memphis Grizzlies will not make the playoffs because the Memphis Grizzlies will not even make the ninth seed. I can see the Memphis, Memphis Grizzlies drop into the 10th seed. Now, we're recording this on Saturday afternoon, so last night's game against the Thunder did kind of 
screw up a little bit with this prediction because I was going to say the Grizzlies were going 0-8. However, at the moment, they're 1-4, missing veteran leadership. The young guys just aren't cutting it. Jaron Jackson Jr. is struggling with an injury now. Yeah, I can see the Grizzlies dropping the next three games. They're playing Toronto, Boston and Milwaukee, three Eastern Conference contenders, the top three seeds in the East. This is a little bit dependent on how much resting happens for those three teams. If those three teams put out their best lineups, the Grizzlies will lose all three of them, I think. So that will drop them down to a record of uh, 33 and 40. And then I can see any of the Suns and Spurs also overtaking the Grizzlies to play the Blazers in their playing game. I can get behind this. And I was thinking before last night's game as well, I very much saw the Grizzlies crashing out quite dramatically at 4-0 and when you've, all, you've got a very slender... Well, they didn't have a slender hold, did they, on the eight seed coming into the bubble? I thought Strong cold. Yeah, they were in a really good position. Um, and they've just absolutely capitulated, haven't they? And losing Jaron Jackson Jr., I think, is going to be a big blow. Well, I said it would be a big blow for them, and then they went and, and won last night quite comfortably. Um, so it, it, it's all up in the air, isn't it? It could easily, easily end up out of it. And Portland have probably surpassed expectations a little bit. Um, Damian Lillard really showing his value uh, in in this situation, and and the Suns shine a light you said at the from the, at the start of the show that there's no nobody had the suns down to do as well as they, they've done so far so yeah i can get behind that i don't think that's a that's a bad shout at all yeah oh, it pains me to say this it really does because i really like john moran obviously he's my guy but they've got you've just said it then jazz they've got the raptors the celtics and the box to play now that's like that's a tough tough fixture like that is really, really going to be hard for them to do that. And I'm a bit disappointed because Jar could have potentially been the first rookie of the year to get their team to get to the playoffs for the first time and win rookie of the year since MJ himself, if I'm correct, if that statistic's right. I think that potentially could have been that. So it's sad for that to happen. Like I'm hoping my heart still wants the Grizzlies to get the eighth seed. I really want them because I want Jar to get that. I want Jar to say, I took my team in my rookie year and I won Rookie of the Year to the playoffs. But, yeah, it's looking hard for them at the moment. I think the Trailblazers are going to get that eighth spot. <laughs> I think, personally, I think maybe dropping down to 10th might be a bit of a stretch. Um, what I, I think may be more likely to happen is Portland overtake them to 8th, and they win um, They win the play-in probably in one game. Um, because they're really, I don't think they're looking healthy enough at all at the moment, uh, the Grizzlies. But I'm rooting for them, though. Yeah, and it'd, it'd be a nice story. It'd be nice for Jar, um, but it'd be nice for Dame, Dame time as well, wouldn't it? This is, <laughs> yeah, tap the wrist, it's Dame time. Yeah, this agree with everything you both said there. I'm putting, I'm putting teams in spots now. Give me the Portland Trailblazers at eight and the Phoenix Suns at nine, and then I'm going to put the Grizzlies in at 10. And in the playing game, I think we'll get two games out of Portland Phoenix. I'm being bold here. This is what this section's all about. The Celtics, Raps and Bucks are going to field the decent teams. Grizzlies are going to finish one and seven and it's going to be Portland Phoenix in the 8-9 matchup. There you go. That is my prediction. Very bold. Yeah, bold predictions there from us all. Honestly, please forgive us for our for our boldness. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, it's been great, guys. Honestly, it's always really good 
just obviously the NBA is proving that it's an exciting league. I think the bubble is proving it's worth its weight. I think overall it's just been exciting. Every single game, there's not been a dull moment. But you also have to give a shout out to the, the WNBA bubble, the Wubble. Um, the Wubble. I think he's also having just as much success in containing uh, COVID-19 as, um, as, as the NBA bubble has. I think compare that and contrast that to, to things like um, the MLB, who are having a real difficulty containing the outbreak there. I think it's, you've just got to give massive amounts of props to Adam Silver and everybody involved in the whole bubble process to make it work as well as it has. And also giving us some blooming good basketball as well. <laughs> 100%, 100%. I think overall the bubble has been exciting and it's, it's made us miss NBA even more. And I think overall it's just been great. Yeah, and obviously appreciate you guys listening in. Obviously, we're all here just to make some laughs and jokes about the NBA. Hope you listen, hope you enjoyed our talk. Uh, it's been your boy, Vincent. It's Jared. If you're not following the podcast, please follow the podcast. Thank you. Goodbye. Shout out to the boys. Uh, it's Theo. Follow us. Met the criteria. Can you leave me alone, Theo, please? Can you just please leave me alone with that shout out to the boys? Never. Okay? I don't think you ever. No, anyway, please just follow our, 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 our links as well. Enjoy yourself. and Please tune in next time. And please remember to follow if you're on Spotify, Apple, however you're listening to it. It's been great, boys. See you later. Peace See out. you later.